1: Sing again
0: Thank you guys. What a great spirit it is in here this morning. Feels almost a little bit like Christmas today. The spirit is so good and good and strong. Happy Mother's Day. We're excited for our moms today, and we want to wish you a very special Mother's Day. We wish you were here. Every year we usually give away a bouquet of flowers to our oldest mother that is present, and then to our newest mother. So, uh, unfortunately, we're not able to do that today because of all of the uh, restrictions that we have on being together right now. Hopefully that'll end soon and we'll be back together uh, shortly. One of the things that we're going to do, though, is something a little bit different. And so I want you to listen listen, real, real close. Dads uh, or kids, I'd like for you to <clears throat> either make a video or you can put a picture out or you can simply put a text out on the church Facebook page, the group page, all right, First Baptist Church group page, uh, and just tell us what your mom meant to you. Our thinking, our goal is that today we'll just flood the church page with our love and appreciation to and for our mothers. Even if your mother has gone on to be with the Lord, you could still put something out there, uh, and by all means, tell us what your mom meant to you, maybe something special about her life that we didn't know. And uh, that way today, moms and uh, all of us can enjoy just reading about what our moms have meant to, meant to us. Now, what I did not say was to text or send that to Brother Chris and he'll upload it for you. You can do that all by yourself, all right? You're a big kid now, all right? I'm just messing with you. Uh, but anyway, let's do that today. Uh, we'll have fun reading all of those, give us something to do today on, a I hope, uh, a pretty Sunday that we can sit back and enjoy that. Now, <clears throat> graduating seniors, uh, we've got, I think, four that are going to be graduating uh, from our congregation. You guys and, and gals, at all guys? One girl? Okay, so guys and girls. Guy and, guys and girl, let's put it that way. Uh, next week, we're asking, if you will, to be here at church, all right? 9 30 a.m. at the latest be here at 9 30 bring your cap and gown all right Uh, we want to have a special time of recognition for you guys so uh, also uh, the video that they'll be putting together for you guys uh, they need to have those pictures in by Monday all right Monday so get those to brother Brian They need to be a little larger than a wallet size so that when we copy them and and scan them and put them on the screen that they'll keep their resolution. And the idea is that you'll kind of give us a photo journey of your life, you know, maybe starting out as a real young kid uh, and going all the way through your uh, senior year here. So how many pictures? Seven pictures uh, work. So send those to Brian, the ones that you want uh, folks to see, and we'll put that video together. But... That's all the stuff that's going to be going on both today and then next week. And uh, continue to be in prayers for uh, those that need to be lifted up today, those that are on our hearts and minds. Uh, I know there are a lot of folks that have been mentioned to me that uh, need some time of prayer. Don't forget Annie Armstrong, uh, the Easter offering. That's still going on for our North American Mission uh, Uh, personnel uh, that are are working on the mission field will continue to do that through the month of June. So you give as you are able and as the Lord uh, leads. Uh, Anyway, it's good to see you and we're glad that you're worshiping with us. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll go back to singing. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning that we get to be together. We do thank you this morning for our mothers. And and Lord, uh, we wish we could put our arms around them this morning and just hug them and tell them how much we love them uh, as, a, as a church body and as a community. But Lord, while they're uh, unable to, to be with us and we're unable to be with them in that corporate way, uh, by way of spirit, Lord, let our mothers know, uh, touch their hearts that they just mean so very, very much to us. Lord, we pray for our seniors uh, that are graduating the, the life that they're getting ready to step into as far as that uh, post-school uh, period of life where you begin to work and go to school and, and make a life. Lord, this is a tough time for them. And a lot of things are unsure about what's coming and uh, how things are going to have changed from the past. And so we want to pray for our seniors, pray for their families, and, and Lord, just to uh, encourage them as best that we can. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the offerings that we're able to give to the church, uh, to your kingdom work. We pray, Lord, for our our missionaries and and for the giving that we're doing for the Annie Armstrong North Mission effort. All the things that we're here today to do, Jesus, uh, as we worship you, let us glorify you and lift you up, Jesus. In your name, amen.
1: God, yeah, that's why we're here. we are here today. We're here to bless your name. We're here to worship you and you alone. Uh, Lord, we do thank you for giving us godly mothers and uh, godly grandmothers. Father, we pray that you bless them today and uh, pray more than anything we would bless you today with our worship. That, that we would turn our, our hearts and our minds toward you and your word today. Lord, I pray you'd be with Paige and Daniel as they bring the special and with Brother Chris after, he, after that as he brings the message this morning, Lord. We want to tell you again. We love you. We thank you for loving us and dying for us. And we ask it all in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen.
2: Amen.
0: Amen, amen. Again, I wish folks were here to give a hand because that is, uh, that's, that's, that's just awesome. It's good to see you this morning, this Mother's Day Sunday. If you have your Bible, just open to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, and I want to look at verses 1 through 5 with you. I want to think with you today along this subject since it is Mother's Day A mother's greatest gifts, that is, what a mother should give to her children. Paul says to Timothy, he says, Paul here, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. I'm writing this letter to Timothy, says, My beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God, the Father and Christ, Jesus, our Lord, I thank you whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, he says. As I remember your tears, Timothy, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. And then he said, I am reminded of your sincere faith And then he says, A faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. You know, our connection in life to family is important. Paul says there in verse three, he thanked God for his ancestors, he thanked God for his young uh, friend and apprentice in ministry. Timothy, and as he thought about young Timothy and the joy that it would give him to see Timothy again while he's in prison, of course, he says, Timothy, as I think about your life, I think not only about you, but I'm thinking about the loved ones that God has blessed you with in your life. And then particularly, he, he names two, Timothy's grandmother, Lois, and his mother, Units. Let me give you another name. It's a name you may not know very well. The name is Ann Jarvis. She is the one that is credited to, to, to having a National Day of Observance to Mothers. Uh, she is the one to whom we say that it was really her idea. Uh, on May the 10th of 1908, and that's 118 years ago today, if I did the math right, uh, she gave a carnation uh, to her mother and then to all the mothers uh, who were in attendance of that service and recognition of mothers and what they mean to us. Later on, on May the 9th of 1914, was our first Mother's Day uh, observance as a nation. President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed the second Sunday in May to be Mother's Day and he went on to say that Mother's Day would be that public expression of our love and our reverence for the mothers of our country. Some years ago I had read uh, uh, a survey of uh, what mothers do and uh, how God made mothers and why God made mothers and the survey, though, was asked of second graders. And so let me give you some of the answers that, that came back on some of these questions, the popular answers that came back. Number one, why did God make mothers? And the top answer was, well, mostly to clean house. Uh, also, they were there to help us out get born, they said. So that's, that's reason number one. Why did God give you your mother <clears throat> and not some other mother? Well, the top answers came back of second graders, well, because we're related. And God knew that she liked me a lot more than other people like me. And that was a top answer for that. A question was asked, why did your mom marry your dad? The top answer, well, she was getting too old to do anything else. A fourth question that was asked, who's the boss at your house? The top answer, mom but that's only because she does a lot more than dad does. And then fifth, this question, what does your mom do in her spare time? The top answer was moms do not have spare time. And finally, a sixth question in that survey is what would it take to make your mom perfect? And the top answer, well, on the inside, she's already perfect. But on the outside, maybe some plastic surgery. That was a... Second graders that said that. Well, moms, we do love you, and we think as much of you, I promise you, as second graders think of you this morning and and a whole lot more. You know, when you read through the Bible, there's a lot of mothers that you could pull from. And that was really one of the dilemmas this week. Where would we go? What could we look to in the Bible as far as mothers? You know, would you be in the Old Testament? Would you be in the New Testament? In the Old Testament, of course, you've got Sarah, the mother of Isaac. Rebecca, the, uh, the mother of Jacob. Rachel, the mother of Joseph. Uh, Jochebed, the mother of Moses and Aaron. Those are just a few of the champions of faith that you could look at early on in the Old Testament. Uh, of course, if you went to the New Testament, you could pick out Mary, the mother of Jesus, certainly uh, as a wonderful example. But I went to 2 Timothy today because these two are, uh, while they're lesser known, Perhaps maybe the first time you've heard uh, those names mentioned in, t- in context of the Bible, Lois and, and Eunice, you, you may not know much about them, but they were, they're wonderful examples of what I believe a-, a godly mother ought to be for her children and for uh, her family. And, and they're mentioned here in the Word of God not because of their fame. They didn't really do anything Marvelous as far as uh, the spectacular uh, thoughts of, of, of someone doing something very heroic uh, among society. They're not there because of their fortune. They're not, they're not well to do or rich. They're there tonight, today as we see them because of their faith. And that's important. It's important, one reason, uh, because God's Word tells us how important faith is. Hebrews 11:6, for example, says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And you and I cannot please God if we don't have the faith that God calls for us to have uh, in Him and for Him and, and in life. And where do we get that faith? Well, most often we get that faith from our parents. It's passed along uh, in our, you might call it family DNA. Uh, we're usually a pretty good product when we grow up of who our parents were as we were younger. Uh, that's mostly true. It's not always true. And, and, but I think faith is something certainly that we can pass on and need to pass on. You know, Mother's Day, having said that, can be a bittersweet day uh, for some. The truth is, for some, motherhood was an accident and an unwelcome title uh, to her life. Uh, For some, biological motherhood is an impossibility. Anytime that we have this uh, time of year, it's really hard on a few uh, ladies because they want a child and they're unable to have a child. Uh, If that is the case this morning and you're listening, let me tell you something. You are God's chosen vessel. You are God's chosen and favored child. And I know the burden upon your heart and I know the heaviness that you feel. But God has decreed for whatever reason for at least to this moment for you to be an instrument of His grace. And uh, my word to you is to continue to trust in the goodness and the grace of God and, uh, and to live to His glory and to His honor and to know that, uh, that in being defined uh, ultimately is did we live every day to the glory of God as God has called us and, and given us life to live for Him and uh, you know that as you do that, you are uh, doing and living uh, to God's uh, desire for you. And at the end of life, you know what? That's really all that matters, isn't it? To know that God will say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. But we understand today that motherhood is a hard thing for some. Uh, unfortunately, there are <clears throat> some families, well, they have a mother but she's not really all that nice. Uh, her children would say she's mean. Uh, she's hurtful, uh, perhaps abusive. Uh, for some mothers <clears throat> who have uh, children that are hard, uh, it, you know, when she thinks about her children, she's just heartbroken. Uh, it, it, it is a difficult undertaking, a difficult task that she's been given. Uh, Wilhelm Bush said this, the old poet. <clears throat> to become a mother is not so difficult. On the, other, on the other hand, being a mother is very much so. So as we think about motherhood today, we try to approach this topic carefully because it, 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 it's a hard one for some. Uh, not all mothers deserve to be elevated uh, to that point of motherhood. But if God has blessed you with a mother, and if you are a mother... Let me just say that it's nice when we really have uh, what we call a real mother. Uh, Kids were asked to define what is a real mother, and, and, and the kids gave these answers. Real mothers are someone special. Real mothers know that their kitchen utensils are probably going to end up in the sandbox. Real mothers like having sticky floors, filthy ovens, and happy kids. Real mothers know that dried Play-Doh does not come out of shag carpets and they're okay with that. Real mothers sometimes ask the question, why me? And they always get the same answer back, because you love me best. Well, I pray this morning that you're a real mother, that you have a real mother, that's a blessing to your life and that is a blessing to your children. Let me just say this morning too that there are some things that if you're going to be a real mother that you need to pass on and that you need to give to your children. Three things real quickly. Number one, mothers give the gift of saving faith. They should give the gift of saving faith. There in verse 5, Paul says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. The mom's greatest gift that she can give is to bring that little life to the saving faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul thought about his spiritual heritage. He thought about Timothy's spiritual heritage. And he said, When I think about it, I know that you have sincere faith. Paul had watched Timothy grow up as a young boy, he had worked beside him, he had helped him in the the, the ministry. And Paul recognized that it wasn't just this uh, passing fancy that Timothy had for maybe Paul or what Paul was doing, but it was a deep-rooted, sincere faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, a saving faith. Paul realized that genuine faith had been the model that had been given to Timothy and shared by way of his grandmother and his mother. Let me say to you that true faith cannot be inherited, it can be demonstrated in a convincing way, and it can be received, but a mother cannot make her children be a child of faith, but they certainly can entice their children, and they certainly can encourage their children to put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. True faith is always individually claimed. Now, a little bit about Timothy's life that maybe you didn't know, his father was Greek. We know that uh, in Acts uh, chapter 16, verse 1, we're told that, and we're also told that his mother and his grandmothers were Jewish. And apparently, as you think about uh, how Timothy's life developed out, Timothy was a young student of the Bible. His Uh, mother uh, and grandmother perhaps had taught him to memorize the Old Testament. You say well how do you know that? Well they didn't have the copy of the the Word of God like you and I did back in that day. They would uh, go to the temple. They would go to the uh, hear the priest read the Word aloud and and if they got a little bit of scripture they would write it down on whatever paper they had and they would tuck it away or keep it uh, in a very special place. But primarily the way that scripture was was received and kept was by memorization that was just the way of the day that was the custom of the times and Timothy knew the scriptures from childhood second Timothy uh, chapter 3 and verse 15 we are told that so he was a good student and, and evidently his mother and grandmothers had helped him learn that even though Uh, His father was Greek and didn't have that Old Testament spiritual connection uh, to to Jehovah God. So what I want you to see is that real mothers give a saving faith. A second thing I want you to see that real mothers give the gift of a seen faith. And what I mean by that is this. They didn't just talk the talk. They walked the walk. Uh, Timothy could see that what they had put into him by way of Scripture, what that they had explained to him by way of Scripture, that they lived it out themselves. It was true. It was genuine. It was seen. No matter what it was, their faith, their hopes, their dreams, their joys, their loves, their their tears, whatever whatever it was that they met in life, Timothy had seen them meet it in faith. Mom, I want to tell you something. There are little eyes upon you. And never get the idea that the things that you do are little things. Even in the smallest things, those eyes are looking at you, how you meet those things, how you handle those things. Uh, and you need to demonstrate not only the saving faith that they need, but the lived out faith that they're the live in with God, a seen faith. And so Paul says, you can thank your grandmother, you can thank your mother, Timothy, for the sincere faith that you had seen. You know, throughout the Bible, the, the role of the family is, is, is highlighted. Uh, as a matter of fact, the family is the first institution that God established. You know, there are three institutions that God established here on earth. Number one, the family. He gave Adam a wife, Eve, and she bore him children. And there you go, that was family. You know why? Because God knew that man needed family. It wasn't good that man would be alone. He needed a helpmate in life. You know, all through creation, God said, good, 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 good. But when he got to man, he said, that's not good. And what was not good, God tells us in Genesis that he was alone. He, did, he needed a family. So family is the first institution of God. Why do we hold family sacred today? Why is, uh, as Christians do we say that we need to live up to God's standard of a family, or God's picture of a family? Because he's the one that instituted it. There wasn't a government around. There wasn't a judge around that, that said, okay, I'm going to come up with this new thing called family. No, dear friend, it was God and God on high. And ever since God has established family, Satan has been doing his best to undermine the, the will and the uh, desire and the heart of God as it relates to man and family. Well, that's the first institution. The second institution, guess what? Was government. Because God understood that what? Mankind as families couldn't live and interact with each other without some kind of organization And some kind of way of governing the affairs here on earth. And though governments can be good and though governments at times can be bad, God said in, in, in the overall picture, it is what man needs. And so God ordained government. And then the third thing, of course, is the church. God ordained the church to be the the heart of the ministry a work of the kingdom of God here on earth. And one day Jesus is coming back to call the church unto himself. Oh, and by the way, when God wanted to, to give a picture of what the church should be, from the two things he had instituted, which did he choose? He chose the family. The family was to be a picture of what God's, Uh, church was to be here on earth and that's often why we'll hear us talk about the family of God we are his family and then in our relationships we're to love one another what as Christ has loved us as Christ loved the church but through the Bible you hear God talking about family the Bible tells us in Exodus 20 verse 12 on the 10 commandments honor your father and mother Proverbs 22 verse 6 Train a child in the way that they should go, and when they are older, they won't depart from it. Ephesians 6, 1-4, children obey your parents. And he goes on, fathers don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and in the instruction of the Lord. Mothers, what's one of the greatest things that you can give your children? It's faith. It's a saving faith. It's a seen faith. And finally, one more thing, it's a shared faith. Listen to verses 13. Uh, 2 Timothy 3 verses 14 and 15 but as you continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed knowing that from whom you've learned it and how from childhood Timothy you've been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ, Jimi- uh, Tim- uh, in Christ Jesus. Paul reminded Timothy the unfeigned faith that is in you. That, that uh, faith that just continues to live, it dwelt first in your grandmother and it dwelt second in your mother. Uh, that word dwelt is an interesting word. It means to live in a place as one lives in a home. Faith lived in his grandmother. Faith lived in his mother, and it lived in him. It had been shared. It's interesting, by the way, the word grandfather does not occur in the New Testament. Uh, you really don't find the word grandfather in the Bible. Uh, you find the idea. Abraham was, the, uh, was Jacob's grandfather, but uh, there's no real special recognition of it. Uh, here in Timothy, this is the first uh, word, The first time it's translated, the first time it's used, grandmother, and it only occurs here. I I think grandmothers uh, are a marvelous invention of God. The idea that from their heart, faith can be shared. From their heart, they can pass on the good news and the trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Both of these ladies did that. So I'm thinking about, here's, here's Paul thinking about uh, Timothy, writing Timothy. Timothy begins to read this letter. His mind goes back and he's thinking about that day that Paul and uh, Barnabas come marching into town and they're preaching and they're preaching the, the good news of salvation and they're doing all these miracles, that lame man that was healed and uh, they were doing these things that just defy the imagination as far as their mission work and he heard the preaching, and perhaps it was a uh, at a uh, at a preaching moment uh, there uh, in town that uh, his mother and grandmother and him went to hear this preacher Paul, and they heard the word of God and how that faith came alive in his grandmother and then in him, uh, his mother and then in him. You know, Timothy's thoughts would have been carried back to all that. Uh, Time and all of that moment. And, and I could just see where Timothy would be encouraged. This morning, I want to ask you children to think back what perhaps your mother or grandmother shared with you. And, and this afternoon, if you can, put it on Facebook. Not just the fun stuff they do, but their love for God and that, how they passed on that love to you. Paul says, I'm persuaded that that faith dwells in you also, just like it was in your grandmother and like it was in your mother. Here is Timothy. He's ready to take the gospel to the next generation of believers. Paul knew that. Paul was encouraging him. And Paul said, Timothy, you're ready. Do you know why you're ready? In part because God gave you a wonderful grandmother and a wonderful Mother, Moms, let me just close by saying today, you cannot teach what you do not show. You cannot show what you do not live. And you cannot live what you do not have. I pray this morning you have a saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That you know Him personally as your Lord and Savior. And I pray this morning not only do you know Him personally as your Lord and Savior, but you're living for Him personally as your Lord and Savior. Your faith is a seen faith. Little eyes are upon you. But I also pray that not only are you living every day in faith, but you're sharing that faith, that the faith that dwells in you will dwell in your children. Every day, pray for your children. Pray for them to have a saving faith. And kids, and some of you may even be a 70, 75, 80-year-old child. And you may still be blessed to have a mother alive. And that would make her a good bit older, wouldn't it? Perhaps maybe she's still praying for you to have a saving faith. If she is, don't you think it's time to give your heart to Jesus? If you've got a mom that's praying for you, One of the greatest ways that you can honor your mother is to take the faith she has in God and make it yours. But you've got to make it yours. She can't make it yours. You've got to do that. How do we do that? We pray and ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, to forgive us for our sins, and to tell Him we repent of them and turn towards Him. Oh, how our nation needs godly mothers. Heavenly Father this morning our prayer is for our mothers and our grandmothers this morning we pray Lord that they're able not only to have that saving faith but have that faith seen and shared and lived out in their lives a mother's job a grandmother's job is a hard thing but it is a much needed thing all how our nation needs Godly mothers. Lord, today maybe there's a child that says, well, my mother's been praying for me for some time to be a Christian. I hear her at night on her knees. I remember her prayers that she has prayed with me in the living room and at the dinner table. How she's tucked me in at night and prayed with me. And today I know that I need Jesus to be my Lord and Savior just like He is her lord and savior and today jesus i want to ask you to save me and ask you to forgive me my sins i repent of them and i turn towards you and confess you to be both my savior and lord lord in that simple prayer right there the prayer that a child can pray it is in that moment that you save and if someone's prayed that prayer They are now a child of God. They are in the family of God. And no one knows family and no one does family better than you, God. Bless all of our mothers, all of our grandmothers, all of our granddads and dads and our families as a whole and help us look to you in our saving and sharing faith of life. In your name, Jesus, we do pray. Amen.